What's happening, fam? It's your boy Sherrod, and welcome to another podcast episode of Behind the Grind, powered by Sherrod Speaks, where each episode I have a conversation. I go behind the scenes to talk to individuals like you and I that are making impact with their influence and making change happen in the places around us. My goal is to encourage, to inspire, to motivate, give you everything that you need, the faith, the fuel, the ammunition, whatever it takes to get you on your journey as you push through and grind through behind the grind. Let's go. Welcome to another episode of Behind the Grind. I am your host, Sherrod Schuler, and I'm so happy to be back in the grind seat once again. Um, as we come to the close of 2021, I'm so excited uh, to just dialogue with you today. And so today there is no one in the guest chair, just myself. Uh, this is considered more of a pop-up episode here on Behind the Grind. Um, I know many of you come here and you're used to listening to maybe a conversation maybe an interview, maybe the 10-minute commute, um, however you normally uh, listen to Behind the Grind, uh, today will be just a tad bit different, and I think we're going to do a few of these pop-ups before the year ends. Of course, we'll get back into the interviews that you guys are most used to at the beginning of the year. I have some great conversations with some great entrepreneurs and leaders that I am excited to share with you, so stay tuned for that. Now, with that being said, I want to check on my people, those of you who are listening to me today. I want to check on you today. You know, there's a lot going on, and when I say a lot going on, I'm really referring to more general, right, in the uh, in the nation, in, the, uh, in America, there's a lot going on. So maybe if you're listening to this and you're not actually an American citizen, right? You may not be experiencing some of the things that we're seeing, but there's a lot going on. But the things that we're talking about is definitely impacting the globe. And so here uh, in America, obviously, we're still uh, navigating through the COVID environment, the pandemic, all of that good stuff. We're still navigating through that. Uh, just to think as we end this year, 2021, and um, you know, just a year ago in 2020, it seemed like we would probably be a lot different, you know, based upon the information we had. We uh, had new leadership uh, moved into office this year. We had uh, the, the introduction of the vaccines, um, you know, companies have opened up their doors. Things have uh, begun to look like it's going to go back to normal. But it, the truth of the matter is, it seems like we're still in the, the thick of things and we're still trying to navigate through. And um, I believe at some point we will get through this, but it just seems like it, it's like an ongoing movie that at some point needs to end. Uh, with that being said, there's other things that are happening and it kind of is what drew me to do this pop-up today. You know, um, just last week there was a, a traumatic or dramatic um, shooting that took place, uh, incident that took place in my home state of Michigan, um, in Oxford, Michigan, the high school shooting um, that's been kind of on my mind for the last seven days. Let's just be honest, uh, seven days or more, really, um, for several reasons. One, I'm a parent. Two, it is literally close to home, right? Oxford, Michigan uh, lies right between my hometown of Flint, Michigan and the area that I pretty much did most of my career in, in Detroit area. So Oxford kind of sits right in between all of that. 
And so just to see everything that has gone on, obviously I'm keeping up with it. You know, there's a lot happening. There's a lot of people who uh, that they have placed out here for blame and so on and so forth. Um, but not so much that I've been following the case um, mainly because of the responsibility and accountability part, right? There's so many people that have been looking at who's responsible, who's accountable, who should take blame, who shouldn't take blame, who's responsible for this case. And a lot of it, the, the brunt of this is, is going to be a historical moment because a lot of the responsibility appears and allegedly based upon what is being found and being um, explained to the media, it appears that the parents have a lot to weigh in or a lot of responsibility on what took place. And of course, our heart goes out to those families um, for uh, young, promising high school students that lost their lives, along with several others that were injured, and just the community as a whole, the dramatic impact that it has had, not just on the Oxford community, but as I mentioned before, even it has extended even to uh, counties side. Now, I say all this to say, and there, I want to kind of go a little bit. If you rock with me a little bit, you know that I am not afraid to go down in what my belief. I, I think we're in a time where we need to get spiritual fitness, right? We need to grow in our spiritual walk and we need to build ourselves up spiritually. I think we have been doing a good job of building ourselves in our physical exercise. I'm seeing a lot more people exercising these days. You know, you go into the gyms, there's a lot of people that are really putting in the work to work on their physical, right? So we got a lot of people that are working on their physical body, a lot of people eating right, right? There's, you know, never have I seen before so many uh, good, healthy options out there in restaurants and people are taking advantage of it. They're eating better. They're eating healthy. They're getting that type of thing. Now it's some of us are still struggling with that, but the options are there and people are taking advantage of that. So people are taking care of their health in that range. People are taking care of their mental health. You know, I'm going to shout out kudos to a lot of my African-American brothers. I'm seeing an uptick, right? You know, just the other day I was in the barbershop and, you know, just the conversation of individuals really saying, hey, man, I have no problem going to get therapy. So therapy, mental health, and people are really doing those things. So all of these things are starting to be up on the uprise. But my question now is I want to see an uprise in the spiritual fitness as well. You know, some of us who have been in church or grown up in church, we may need to get back to that spiritual fitness that we once had when we first uh, found our love in Christ. Right. We need to get back to that spiritual fitness, you know, that routine of, of spending time with him. And I'm not just saying saying a quick prayer and asking him for something that you want. I'm talking about spending time in a relationship way and really finding out, God, what do you want. You know, it's one thing to keep approaching God and asking him for things that you want. You want healing, you want money, you want all of these things, which at times are a need when you go into prayer. You may need to ask for these things because it's warranted. But there's also times when you're asking, well, I don't really have anything to go to prayer and pray about because in your mind, you think I only can go to prayer to ask about something. When the truth of the matter is, it should be more in the reverse. I'm going to prayer to ask God, what would you want me to do? What would you want me to do today? What would you want me? How would you want me to perform? And, and 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 falling more in line with that type of relationship and building our spiritual fitness up. Because I'm finding out just as Jesus walked the earth, uh, he's used to he would say this phrase if you read in the gospels a lot. He would say this phrase a lot when he would say that I'm about my 
father's business. And for what that meant was he wasn't about himself. He was about his father's business. He was about purpose. And I believe purpose, when we begin to give ourselves over to purpose, not our own purpose, but really giving ourselves over to the purpose of God, I believe we'll find satisfaction. I think that's the biggest hole that we're finding in the world today is people are seeking their looking for that gap to be filled, right? They're, they're, they're making money. They're doing a lot of great things. They're doing all these things, but there's still this gap that's being missing because they are trying to figure out, okay, it's got to be more to life than this. And purpose is that thing that drives most of us. Really, when we talk about the grind, one of the things that you really hear me extracting out of individuals as I interview is this purpose, right? Is what are you here to do? What is your mission in life? What is it is? What is it that you're trying to accomplish. And when people you find out and you talk to individuals that have really got it and really have an understanding, whether it's their purpose for this season or whether it's this purpose for a short period of time, when you really see somebody's lies light up, when you talk and hit that part about their purpose, man, it's a good feeling. You can tell that that person is moving in the place that they want to be and they're moving in sync with God because they're working in purpose. And purpose, again, is not just uh, preaching behind the pool it's not uh, just sharing the gospel per se. Obviously, that is woven into all of us who are believers to share the gospel. But it's in the things that we do, the work that we do. You know, the Bible used to talk about individuals' vocations, right? It would talk about what they did for a living for a reason. People had pride in what they did. And so we're in a day and time where people are starting to understand, okay, I like what I do, but I'm still missing it without purpose, right? Without fulfilling purpose. They're missing that point. And so I want to get that in. But I want to take your attention, you know, before we get out of here, I do want to take your attention. I'm going to uh, share with you. Like I said, I'm a believer. I believe in uh, Christ. And so when we get on here from time to time, I'll go there. I will bring up some scriptures from time to time because that's just what I do. And I'm not ashamed of it. Um, But today, um, let's go to Matthew. If you have an opportunity, let's go to Matthew, this uh, 16th chapter. And I'm not going to necessarily read this, but I do want you in your time, I mean, if you have a moment, I want you to read through chapter 16 of Matthew um, for several reasons, right? Um, there was a re- just to get more of an idea as a leader how to conduct yourselves. And Jesus gives us a model um, when he talks to Peter uh, or when he talks to the disciples, I should say. Um, right around chapter, uh, chapter 16, verse 13, he's talking to his disciples and he's talking to them about a question. He's come to a point where he's asking them a question. Um, you know, there's a lot of chapters in the land. There's a lot of talking in the land. And so if I could relate it to today's time, there's probably a lot going on on social media (laughs) per se. If it was in today's modern time, this would be a lot of information on the news, whether we call it true news or fake news, whatever news. There's a lot of information going out here and a lot of people are talking and have an opinion and and, and are saying certain things. And it feels like it is today, right? I can imagine where they were in this time when Jesus showed up. It feels like it is today where everybody is right, right? Everybody truly believes that they're right. I don't think anybody intentionally goes online and shares information to, to intend, not most people, I should say, are probably not in, uh, intending to go online to share what they think is a fake information. In their mind, their mind really believes that this information that they're sharing is right. However they came about it, whether it's factual or unfactual, they believe that the information that they're sharing at this moment and at this time is right. And so with all this information flooding us, 
us, right? People are having an opinion and they're they're defining things in the way that they think it should be, right? And so, uh, just as we take, for example, this variance and and the 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 the. Uh, COVID thing, everybody has an opinion. Should you wear masks? Should you be vaxxed? Can you not be vaxxed and still do X, Y, and Z, Z, Y, and X? All of these opinions, people have opinions about it, whether it was made by man or whether it actually came from an animal. Where did this thing come from? Who's responsible? All of these things, people have an opinion. Now, the truth of the matter is each individual truly believes their information is right. They really do, regardless of whatever you may show them contrary or in factual in your mind, it may be factual. They still believe their information is right. So I say all that to say in this particular scripture here, the the uh, disciples are sitting with Jesus and Jesus is asking them a question. He says, uh, who do men say that I am? And notice the response of the, the, the individuals. They begin to spurt out answers because they've heard. They've heard the chatter. The disciples are saying, hey, some are saying you're John the Baptist. He says, some say that you are uh, Elisa, Elijah. Some say that you're um, Jeremiah. Some say that you're one of the prophets. They're saying all of these things, and, and it probably was a list of other names that they gave them, but he's getting the idea of saying, what are you hearing out there? And then he says, okay, I understand what the people are saying, but then he then makes the question more direct. He then responds to him. He says, but what do you say? Who do you say that I am? So now let's cut out the chatter. Have you been influenced by the information? Do you believe, what do you believe? And who do you believe I am? Because I haven't necessarily told you who I am, but who do you walking with me every single day? Who do you believe I am? And it was then Simon Peter, the Bible gives him his full name, Simon Peter, who answered and says, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And here's the interesting thing, because Peter did not get this information because it was a pop quiz. One of those quizzes where the teacher gives you the answer and then pops later up and gives you the, the question later because she had already told you the answer. Apparently, in this scenario, Jesus is saying, I didn't even tell you this. The information that you got did not come from flesh and blood, but the information that you are telling me must have come from my heavenly father. So he's saying that you actually peeped into something different. You didn't go by what people were saying. You, you didn't draw any conclusion. You didn't make something up. But what you got came strictly from heaven. It must have been a wonderful thing for Simon Peter to, to get this response from Jesus. For Jesus to say, man, you got it. You hit you nailed it. You made it. You said it exactly how it was supposed to be said. It had to be a, probably a, an exuberating moment for Peter. I, it would have been for me, right, to to have Jesus confirm that, I, hey, I got it right. And it reminds me so much of those of us that are in the prophetic realm. You know, when you prof, when you get that prophetic word and it is com, in some shape or form confirmed, it comes to pass. Somebody confirms the information. Oh, it's got to be a good feeling to know, man, I got it right. Now, not 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 dis, but dismissing the fact that the information that you got it wasn't because of anything good that you did, but because the heavenly Father showed it. It's not because you made it happen. God actually showed it, and I think sometimes we miss that as those of us who get it right from time to time, prophesying and saying what thus says the Lord. Sometimes we forget the information we get is nothing that I did to drum this information up. It's the fact that the Father was so gracious enough to share. 
some information, some insight, something that I wouldn't have not known on my own unless he dropped it in my spirit. It was like the word of knowledge was all on him and the word of wisdom was all on this man. Well, anyways, it goes later down in that chapter. Like I said, I would love for you guys to to read this and reread it and maybe we can, you know, have a Bible study per se on it. But then he goes on and later and Peter, that same Peter who got it right, who nailed it, who had it good. There's a later scenario where Jesus is talking to disciples and he's moving a little bit further. He's, he's got them closer in and he's leaning in and they're leaning in and he's getting ready to share with them some more insight. Now, the insight he's going to share them is going to tell them what's going to happen. So it hasn't happened yet. He's given some information that has not actually happened, but he's telling them what's going to happen. Get the scenario. Feel this in your spirit. He's telling them what's going to happen. Now, this is interesting because we are getting a lot of people who are getting information that is telling us what's going to happen. Right. And so we love the fact that we know what's going to happen and we get the information of how it's going to take place or the scene and what's going to happen. So he's really predicting to them or or he's really telling them what's going to happen concerning his death. Right. And his his burial and then his resurrection. He's giving them the insight of to be prepared. The main reason for him doing this, um, we can perceive, is for them to be prepared. He's preparing them. He's not going to shock and awe. So again, as leaders, there are times where we have to prepare those that we lead, right? We have to prepare, especially when we know where the direction, where the visionary, we know where things are going to go. We have to prepare those who follow us and letting them know where this is going, especially if we're convinced of what we're going to happen. So if you have a vision, if you're trying to take your corporation a certain kind of way, you have to have these talks. You have to make sure your team knows where you're going to go. Now, understand this, that Peter, and I'm kind of shifting gears here. I just wanted to give that nugget to those business leaders out there and to my marketplace leaders out there uh, to understand that there's a need as a leader to prepare. But let's, let's, let's go into this a little bit here. Peter is in a situation now where he's, he's, he's the guy who always speaks up first. He's the guy who always steps off the boat and steps on the water. He's the guy that is the, the spokesperson, per se. I don't know if it's by his nature. I don't know if it's, if it's because he's that heavy, uh, outspoken person. Um, whatever the case may be, he's definitely got to be a high I, high D type of person. For those of you who know what I'm talking about, he's got to be that more extroverted type of person. So Peter again is in the situation where Jesus is predicting what's going on. And Peter says, oh man, no God, this is not going to happen. Peter said, be it far from me, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. So in other words, Peter was saying, what you're telling me, I can't handle. (laughs) What you're telling me, I don't want to see you die. It then goes back to remembering what I told you earlier about what everybody's fear is. He let his fear take control here. He did not look at this situation from the standpoint of understanding in this scenario, I, I'm getting insight to be prepared for something that's going to actually turn out to be good for the whole world. But he got stopped. He got logged in the fact that his with his biggest fear, his biggest fear was to, for Jesus to tell him that he was going to die. He didn't hear anything else beyond that point. He probably got stopped at that point. He didn't hear anything else because Jesus said that he was going to be taken away, was going to be beaten. He was going to go to the cross per se. And 
and hear Peter saying, be it far from it. This can't be. It won't happen. As long as I'm around, as long as I'm around you, Jesus, this is not going to happen. And of course, Jesus, we know the story. Jesus has to put him in his place and let him know um, what's going on. You know, in other in other uh, marks of this, they, they, they have that discussion. But I want to drop down into 24, really, because I really want to get to the root of that. And I want to help us as leaders and those of you who may not be leaders, but just listening in general. Some of the times we are making decisions based upon our fears of preservation, right? We want to save our lives. We want to save the lives of individuals around us, which is the right thing to do in all shapes of form. We want to do that and we need to do that as much as possible. But at the truth of the matter is these things are sometimes outside of our control and it's outside of our realm. So what we do is we can pray, right? There's things that we can't stop from taking place or potentially taking place unless we do it through a means of prayer and intercession and all of those type of things because uh, trying to make somebody or force someone or, or try to be there for everybody at every ends of the case, then we're playing a place called God. We're trying to act as if we're God and none of us have those capabilities to move as if we're God. So here Jesus gets to the root of the matter in verse 24. Jesus says to his disciples, if any man come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. I, I've read the scripture so many times, but I didn't see it in the context of this until recently. Jesus is really saying, I'm not just asking you to be disciplined. You know, we read the scripture and say, well, I got to discipline myself and, and, and you know, discipline. But di discipline has been kind of watered down in today's world because discipline just simply means, like I've mentioned before, eating right, getting up at a certain time. You know, we, we relate discipline to something completely different than what Jesus is really saying that self-denial is. Self-denial really means putting yourself on the cross, really putting yourself, not physically putting yourself on the cross, but really denying your wants, denying what you want to see happen, denying really your own personal will, or as uh, I often say, your own personal agenda. Sometimes you have to put your own agenda, your personal assignment on the shelf, deny it. Ooh, that's sometimes difficult because we want what we want. We want to do what we want to do. Uh, everything that we see, we've come to. I've come to a, a point in life after so many decades of living on this earth. Uh, I've come to a point in life I cannot have everything that I want because everything I want is not good for me. And there are times in life where I have to understand that God is looking out for me because what I want will not benefit me in the long run. I can want something now. You know how we use credit. Yeah, we 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 want it now, but we don't understand the ramifications of what this thing that I want now is going to hurt me in the future. We don't understand the moment in time that I'm in now uh, is going to hurt and damage something later. You know how it is. You know, it only took you a few minutes to get that girl to go with you, right? And y'all did what y'all did. And then eight, it took 18 months later for that uh, baby that has grown 
<laughs> that, that, that incident that occurred because you wanted what you wanted right then and now. Here is what Jesus is saying to them. He's saying, you, in order to follow me, you've got to learn how to deny yourself. you got to learn how to take up your cross. And he's not saying literally take up your cross or anything of that nature, but you've got to learn how to kill some things. And, and, and when you kill those things and follow me, what he's saying, as you try to keep what you want alive, as you try to keep that thing going and what you want that is not where it should be, listen, it's going to eventually kill you or going to have some damage in with you if you want it so bad. So we've got to be careful about what we want. Even as leaders, we got to be careful about wanting our own agenda, our own ego. I want the offices open, but yet and still there's still this thing going on that could actually hurt somebody. Sometimes I got to put my personal one aside in order to help or make sure other people are safe. Yes, I want to be large and in charge and I'm trying to make a statement that I'm in charge. And so I'm making mandates per se, right? Because I want to let people know what that might be my own personal ego that's driving me. And so these are the things that as leaders, I want you to challenge yourself. The thing that I want to do, is it really helping the people? Is it really helping the people that I lead? Is it really taking them in the right direction? Or is this just my personal thing because I need to prove something to the little boy in me? I need to prove something uh, because something happened when I was little and I've got to make a statement to the other people in the world that I'm in, I'm in control of this matter. These are things that I want you to start considering as leaders. Uh, to follow Christ, he says, you have to what? Deny yourself. This same co concept of higher up you go, the higher up you go in leadership, there's going to be a lot of times where you just are going to have to make decisions that consider others. The Bible is very clear. Uh, he that wants to be first shall be last. In other words, he that wants to be out front, right, is going to have to serve, truly serve the people in which he wants to be out in front of. Leadership is not about uh, pulling individuals. Mm. It's not. I'm sorry. It's not about pulling individuals. It's really getting people to push. Is about getting uh, pushing people forward and getting them in the way and watching. And really, leaders should be standing in the back, right, pushing their people forward and putting them out front more so than what we see in today's world. I, I wanted to give this to you. I know it was a lot. It's, it's, it's something that I want you to think about. And there's so many different concepts here in this scripture. When you get some time, go to Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. It'll help you in your personal journey, in your personal life, I believe. Because it really helped me to understand the, the, the need of self-denial and putting yourself uh, on the back burner in order to make things happen. And so um, I hope you got something out of what we what I was sharing today. Um, I hope we can continue this discussion. I'm, I want to do more of these pop-ups. And again, like I said, in the beginning of the year, we're going to have some more conversations. As a matter of fact, I've already got some interviews lined up. I look forward to sharing some more information with you soon. Um, so until the next time, this is Sharon, and this is Behind the Grind.